So every Christmas, you get given that present that briefly, you know, for two weeks, three weeks, it's the devil and all. You you do nothing but either make things that it produces or drink things that it has created. And then it gradually migrates to the back of the press and there it gathers dust for several years before eventually somebody out of nostalgia uses it one more time before sticking it in the bin. My theory is that this year it's air fryers. Now, I mentioned this yesterday to uh, Kieran Cuddy on the hard shoulder and Kieran, as he t- accurately tends to, pointed out to me that I was wrong. But nonetheless, as far as I can make out, the air fryer is essentially a very small oven when you've already got a very big oven. But you can't, it's like anybody who is a zealot. You can't tell people this when they are in that moment of peak interest in the thing about which they are a zealot. It's like the crock pot and the slow cooker. Do you remember those while where everybody was like, what are you putting in your crock pot? And it's like you realise your oven, you can just turn it down to a low level and it does the exact same thing as the crock pot and it's already in your kitchen and it doesn't take up space in your countertop couldn't say it to them because they were in love with their crockpots. That's where the air fryer people are now. So we decided to look back at the great gadgets of our time and the gadgets that have failed miserably and that should never have been bought in the first place. 53106, by the way, at a cost of 30 cents if you have an air fryer and are still in that peak phase of like the Salem witch trial you know you look around everybody's a witch air fryers are wonderful if you're there 53106 in the meantime we're joined by Jenny Darmody who is editor of uh, Silicon Republic to discuss the the good and the bad Uh, Jenny first of all you're very welcome thank you very much Anton Jenny can we start off with the George Foreman grill what happened to that uh, well, the George Foreman grill um, is so synonymous with his name that most people think that he invented it, but he didn't. It's just it was just a brand a branding exercise, and um, it was sort of around the time that he was meant to be making a comeback, and he was starting to make a comeback, and he became really you know kind of popular. So his name would have been a great thing to stick on stuff. So it was introduced during 1994, and it was extremely successful. I think it was one of the earliest ones of this kind where like a celebrity name like this was promoting it and he promoted it really hard on infomercials and it was, everybody knows that lean, mean, fat, reduced and grill a machine and he said it's so good, I put my name on it. Like those phrases have become really, oh, really right. well known in that sort of area and he it sold over a million George Foreman grills uh, worldwide. And probably made him as much as his return to boxing. Here he is flogging it like mad. Chicken. Yeah. Potato wedges. Uh huh. Steak. Sure. Paninis. Easy. Salmon. My speciality. Um, vegetables. Naturally. From frozen. You bet. Enjoy wider variety and reduce the fat with a lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machine from George Foreman. Great tasting, healthier food in minutes. Now everybody had one, Jenny, and I assume nobody uses them anymore. Um, I don't know. I know that they, I'm sure that people, some people do still use them, but not to that level of like, literally, I want to make my breakfast, lunch and dinner on them, I'm sure. And they're definitely sitting there quite dormant in loads of people's houses. I did always love them for a cheese sandwich, though, I do have to say. Well, this brings us to the Breville. We'll come to the Breville in a second. Um, I'm, a lot of people are in that, that moment of, of peak delusion in respect of air fryers. What's wrong with my air fryer, Anton? I love it so much. It has changed my life. Uh, another, yes, love my air fryer. Used it last night. Um, my housemate has a George Foreman and a slow cooker. But do they actually use both still? What happened to the Breville sandwich maker? I don't know what happened to the Breville sandwich maker. I think, I think you know, it, it was doing really well. And then I think the George Foreman sort of took over to, like, because it was doing everything, you know. 
So it sort of took over. Is it that, that we well, only have space in our hearts for one of them? Can there only be, like, this person who theoretically has a George Foreman and a slow cooker, are they the exception to the rule that generally you, there's only one pointless gadget to which you can fully commit? I don't know, because I think it depends on what the, what the item does. I don't know if everybody has an air fryer and a slow cooker, for instance, you know, because they're two very similar shaped items and they're cooking very, they're not cooking similar foods, but they're on that kind of remit. Whereas a George Foreman grill is like, you know, the answer to your grill. And as you said, the air fryer is sort of a very small oven. So I think that it depends on how close the items might be. What about the soda stream? Did you have one of them? I did have one of those. I was a big fan of the soda stream. The soda stream has a kind of a nostalgia, I think. It was really, really popular in the 1970s and 80s, and it kind of has had a bit of a resurgence. I think there's a lot of different SodaStream brands. I mean, the SodaStream, the original one that actually carries that name, is still around. But it's one of those things. It's kind of like Hoover. Everyone calls them SodaStreams, even though that's a brand name. But do people under the age of, I don't know, 35, 40, 45, what's the, do they actually know what a SodaStream now is? Or is this some defunct magic that they're listening to us talk about? I beg your pardon, Anna. I am under 35 <laughs> and I know what a soda stream is. I apologise greatly. <laughs> For those unclear, a soda stream was a way that you could make effectively fake Coca-Cola where you, you had a little carbonator for water and you, you carbonated it first, didn't you? And then you poured syrup into it and it made, I think the technical term was muck. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't have the really cool one that was, was like was with the syrups. We just carbonated the water because I was always a big fan of soda water. But yeah, that was the essentially you carbonate the water and then you add the syrup and you you make um, Coca Cola. And it, it, like it became a wholly owned subsidiary of Cadbury and Schweppes. So I'm sure it massively benefited from advertising and marketing from that company in the 80s. It's probably why it became so popular. You had a soda stream and you didn't put the syrup in it. No. <laughs> You, 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 you made your own ballygown effectively at home, was that? <laughs> that's posh. I know that's weird. I won't. I won't be shamed about that. I just really like soda water. Here's a very good point. What happened to the lettuce dryer? Do you remember them salad spinners? I still see them knocking around, but not as much here. I think they're still quite popular in the states. But well, I just, I'm not a fan of things that I have to then wash. Well, like, it's funny. I that don't like adding to my washing. I so had I not to, heard I go for that. until that text. I had not heard about the um, salad spinner until I think about three days ago when I bought a book by a guy called J. Kenji Lopez Alt, who is one of these food scientist guys. And he has a list of things that he believes are fundamentally vital within a kitchen. And one of the things he includes is the salad spinner. I hadn't even seen one since 1983. Um, another text in um, saying, you've just reminded me of my sandwich maker. Guess what we are going to have for lunch today? You have to be careful that nothing brings the, the two hottest things known to man, the contents of a Breville sandwich and the McDonald's hot apple pie. Have to be careful. <laughs> in amongst all of these, though, of course, Jenny, are the things that became Christmas fads that were then huge definitive successes. I suspect probably prime amongst them the Polaroid because it, it kicked off as one of those Christmas gadgets and then lasted for about 50 years. Yeah, and, and definitely I think there's a sort of a move towards low-tech stuff at the moment as well. So like even like the Polaroid turning into like things like the Instacam for kids and stuff, like it's that instant getting the photo that like we're just not used to anymore, particularly younger generations who only grow up on smartphones as their primary camera and not getting to, like photos actually developed. I think that's what's continuing the, the, the craze of Polaroid cameras.
And presumably at the time at which they originally came in, they would have been fairly expensive. Yeah, and the, the, the proper Polaroid cameras are still really expensive. And, and you know, the, the price of an Instacam is not to be sniffed at, but it's a bit more, um, you know, it's smaller, it's a toy, essentially. You know, they're, they're a bit more accessible. But the proper, proper ones that you can still get in camera shops are quite expensive. And I think the, the film and stuff is quite expensive and hard to get as well. Tech saying, I loved my sandwich maker. I must see where my husband put it. I think there's going to be people rooting in presses all the way around the country if this is anything to go by. And the one that they seem to want to root for is the sandwich maker. Another, the pressure cooker, a potentially explosive device which we all introduced into our homes in the 1970s. I think they're making a comeback as well, Jenny. Yeah, are they sort of like, I've, I've seen a lot of like American food bloggers and stuff talk about rice cookers, which I think is essentially like a pressure cooker just for rice. Now that, that Oh, heresy, Jenny. No, me. no, heresy. Heresy. No, no. <laughs> Your pressure cooker, uh, because it puts it under pressure, increases the boiling point of the liquid inside. So the boiling point, I think, goes from whatever it is, 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 centigrade up to something like 225. And that means that you can cook things faster. Your rice cooker properly proportions your water to your rice. And I am told it is impossible to make correct rice without a rice cooker. So I'm told. people who have rice cookers. I do. So far, we haven't had any rice cooker fans, but it does, does a lot of support for the air fryer. I could not live without my air fryer, Anton. Honest to God, it is my favourite purchase of the last decade. On the topic of things coming back, because you mentioned the Polaroid camera making a return, what is it with the modern tendency to dig up crappy old technology to replace perfectly good modern technology. We're getting vinyl back, we're getting cassettes back, we're getting typewriters back. Why? I think, again, it's to do with that sort of push back from the too much tech that we have. Now, vinyl records are kind of a different kettle of fish because they, they play into sort of audiophiles' desires of like that warm analog sound, even though the quality is not as good as digital at the end of the day, but it's a more authentic sound. It's a more whatever that people who are really into their music tend to say. And, it's like, and I say this as a person who has a vinyl record player in the house. Um, it, it, it is my husband's, not my own, but it's, you know, it's, it's a nice kind of nostalgia thing to have. I think nostalgia plays a really weird, strong factor for what people buy. And I think that's what's being played upon at the moment. I also have, I'm ratting myself out now a lot. I have a typewriter as well. That's because I'm a really big fan of literary things, the written word, books, all that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, I think it's just a big push towards sort of that more analog, low tech side of things because we already have too much tech in the world. Another suggestion here. What about all the idiots who bought pizza ovens during the lockdown, as in most of my neighbours? Most only used once, maybe twice, burnt. Funny, friend of mine has a pizza oven and I lust after it. I look at it all the time and think, ooh, I'd like one of them. Another, sandwich maker is a staple. I will use it today. It seems to be the only fad device that has lasted the test of time. Uh, but you remember the spiralizer? Yeah, that's kind of like gotten popular in like more recent years. I think. That was weird. Take like, too much space. The worst thing, well, you know that line from The Usual Suspects, the worst thing the devil ever did was convincing people that shredded zucchini was pasta. It's just not. Sorry, courgettes, I translated <laughs> across the Atlantic. Tech saying, your level of righteousness over these, Atl- over these gadgets does not make you right. 
I bought a soda stream four years ago as my wife loves fizzy drinks, saved thousands of plastic bottles at this point, use it every day. I use normal cordials, but the syrup is much nicer, says Austin. Austin, all I have is my level of righteousness and I will cling to it with both hands. If you have any thoughts, 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. Jenny, thank you very much for coming on this morning. That is Jenny Darmody, who is editor of Silicon Republic. You can also tweet us, of course, uh, at Anton Savage Show, or you can uh, fling us an email, Anton at Newstalk.com. We'll be back after this break.